It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. The Turquoise Table. That's an amazing book. Think about it for a minute. The Turquoise Table. Finding community and connection in your own front yard. We have a special guest, the author of the book, Kristen Shell, joins us. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. It's an interesting title, first of all, The Turquoise Table. And uh, are all your tables turquoise? Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I would think they better be. But what's interesting about the book, it's a simple way to connect with your neighborhood and engage your community and build friendships, which is today, you know, in the iPhone, iPad error, uh, it seems like, you know, we need to kind of be more of a communicator. And this turquoise table, the whole book is centered upon it. Can you talk about it? Absolutely. Well, I put an ordinary picnic table in my front yard four years ago, and I painted it turquoise because that's my favorite color, um, and put it in my front yard. And I did that um, in hopes of um, bringing people out front, back outside in the front yard, kind of like the way, you know, certainly the way I grew up and how, you know, many of us grew up when we were outside in the front yard playing and hanging out and knowing our neighbors. and so I put it out there, um, kind of on a, on a whim, hoping that um, it would bring people back to the front yard and, and foster community. Um, and it worked. Well, I was going <laughs> to—I thought there was something else coming. Well, I was going to say that. Um of course, we want to find out how it worked. You say that there are no insiders when everyone is outside at the turquoise table. All are welcome. So how did it work? Well, the very first day that I sat down outside at the the turquoise table, I met a neighbor. And a woman who I'd never seen in my neighborhood before walked by. And we struck up a friendly conversation. You know, it's um, welcoming. It certainly invites curiosity um, to see someone sitting out front in, you know, their front yard at a turquoise table. And so today, Susan and I are dear friends. She lives three houses from me, and I had never seen her before in my life. Um, And it was just this, you know, she was just out on a walk and struck up a conversation and ended up sitting at the table. And it was just... It was such an affirmation that maybe this could work. Maybe this crazy idea of sitting at a picnic table um, and inviting others to join me there might catch on. I want to ask you, Kristen, um, do you do you find that we're too far removed? I mean, are, does that get you down a little bit, that people are just so content and comfortable to look at their phones and, and devices? Absolutely. So all of this really was born out of what I call a holy restlessness um, and even even truly frustration. So um, I'm a mother of four children, and so Tony and I are raising children who are you know who will never not know having an eye device you know or a smartphone or something um, really in in their hands or available to them. And so I realized the way we were communicating with one another um, as a family and in our as a, with our friends was changing. We were starting to text more and more. Um, we were limiting our conversations because we were so busy doing all good things, um, you know, like I said, to texting or to, to quick conversations and carpool lines. And I realized I was going really wide in my relationships, hmm. but I wasn't going deep. And part of that was just there were no margins. And like I said, it was all good, you know, but but so busy and becoming increasingly dependent, you know, in this digital age Mm -hmm. um, on technology. And so 
my husband and I had, you know, had, and still have long conversations about how, you know, there's no eye device that's ever going to take the place of eye contact. I like so that. We needed, we, we, we needed a way to do this, both at our, at our dinner table, um, you know, but then any table that, that we would be at. And so, you know, kind of back to the neighborhood, you know, we were friendly and, and neighbors would wave. Um, but then I realized, you know, people would disappear kind of behind their garage doors um, and, and, you know, after a friendly wave or something, and we would never see anyone, you know, and if you think about, um, you know, garages nowadays and um, fences, you know, now and around property lines and even the old front porch um, isn't used mm, so much. That's true. Um, and architecture, you know, it, it, front porches were by design a necessity before air conditioning, right? You know, <laughs> that's right. Everyone could sit out there. And, and so maybe people, you know, weren't intending to be neighborly or friendly. Um, they were just trying to cool off, but they were outside and, and it, it fostered community. Um, so there have been a lot of changes, you know, just from neighborhood design, technology. That's a good point. You know, that, that keep us more inside or as backyard. Mm-hmm. Getting back to the texting, I was going to say, I, I know you're in trouble when you start using like letters for sentences or for words, like, how are you doing right? <laughs> in a text? And yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you start to say to yourself, what, what has my life become? I'm not even, I'm just, you know, and have you noticed too with even Google or uh, in getting back to texting that they give you simple kind of answers if you don't even want to even write it down? You could just reply, thanks, get back to you, things like right. that. Um, right. And I mean, that kind of, and it bothers me. It still bothers me, you know, so I thought, <laughs> well, all of this was going on in my head, huh. you know, and, and especially as a mother and, um, and then as a friend and, and a neighbor, you know, how, how could something bring us back to simple conversations? Yeah. And you mentioned about uh, Ludmilla. That every day she opens her home to friends, strangers who need to talk, and that was an inspiration for you. And I have to say, though, that it really is true that the people that I think about, relatives or even friends, that this gift of hospitality, which you're driving home, and I want to say, thank God you wrote this book, because... Um, you know, the gift of hospitality, the Lord really talks about it, how it opens up lives and hearts, and apparently this uh, woman did that. Can you talk about her? Sure. So I was at a conference on discipleship, and this was sort of at the height of my, you know, what I said earlier, my holy restlessness. And I was really seeking from the Lord. What is it? You know, you've given me the gift of hospitality. You know, I have this sort of frustration of, of bringing people, you know, together um, and, and it's not working. It's, you know, I'm defaulting and, and trying too hard into entertainment. Show me hospitality, Lord. Show me. And so I was at this conference as I'm pleading and, and, you know, making that prayer. And I saw this incredible documentary of this woman named Ludmila. And Ludmila lives um, in the most most atheistic country, you know, in Eastern Europe. And she lives in Prague. Um, and she um, was recently widowed. She's about 84 years old. And she, in prayer, kept saying, you know, Lord, how are you going to use me? You know, for you now, I'm, I'm a widow. And he said, you are my ambassador. And through scripture was teaching her how he wanted her to be his ambassador to the kingdom of heaven. So Ludmila, you know, in the middle of Prague, puts this beautiful bronze plaque outside her brownstone door that <laughs> says, Embassy of the Kingdom of Heaven. Amen. 
Uh, right? And every day, you know, she would, and this is a teeny, tiny, by American standards, you know, um, tiny little brownstone. And she's not stressed out about, you know, baking cookies or what she's going to serve or if there's fresh flour on her on her table she just opens up her home and either through word of mouth or friends or I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit you know people come to her and do you know what she does she practices the gift of presence hmm. the ministry of presence and that never occurred to me because again in this you know texting and overburdened and no margins you know busy lifestyle that we leave live you know, sitting at a table and just being present with someone, you know, doesn't that feel like maybe a waste of time, you know, on, you know, by American standards, mm -hmm. you know, but in the kingdom, which is, you know, what Ludmila was modeling as an ambassador to the kingdom of heaven, I saw it for the first time in such a totally different way. I was like, wow, I'm trying too hard. This is all about me, or this is all about, I think, you know, other people, but really, my focus needed to be changed hmm. you know, to God's agenda and to God's plan. Be open. Um, and that's hard to do. People, sometimes even in church, it's hard to get open with people because uh, they, they kind of split afterwards and go, go to right. the parking lot, you know. Right. But I, I do want to say... practice. <laughs> you're right about that. You, you list here, it says, common reasons we avoid inviting people over because... If we're really honest, we do think of ourselves, and, and shame on us, or God have mercy on us, that we're not thinking about the kingdom, because hospitality is something people don't talk about. The Lord does. Um, you know, Kristen Shell does, who wrote the book, The Turquoise Table, Finding Community and Connection in Your Own Front Yard. Um, so you say, my house isn't blank enough. Uh, you could say big, decorated, or close enough. I don't have enough time, money, energy. I'm an introvert. I don't know what to cook or serve. And these are these are bad excuses. Why do you think? You know, I mean, it, what, to me, I've I've used every single one of those. <laughs> I mean, and, and still do, you yeah. know, because I mean, you know, I'm human. Um, but they are. They're just that. They're excuses. Because when you think about it, when you're invited to someone's home, you don't care how big their home is. Hmm. You don't care if there's laundry or, you know, if someone hasn't. You know, if there's a few dishes in the sink or something, you just want to be in the company and the presence of people, um, you know, in relationship. And so, you know, I don't I don't know if, it, you know, I mean, I, I guess it goes back to our pride and just um, our desire to please, you know, others. But when we remove all of that and realize that we have been given hmm. all that we need all that we need, including words, including, you know, time, including energy, we just need to say yes, it, it truly shifts it from entertainment to hospitality. So are you saying that the folks in Brooklyn out on the stoop, that they're onto something? Because, Absolutely. yeah, people come together. <laughs> you know, I'm... I'm here in the in the Midwest, and uh, I was going to say usually you know Long Island, New York, Pompano Beach, Florida, but I happen to be here in the Midwest, and and it seems like uh, which is unfamiliar to me, people come together and they really just like to really literally sit at a table like a picnic table outside, and you see people talking, and and I guess they're just healthier than those New Yorkers, you know, who don't talk to anybody. I don't know. You know, my uh, my experience, you know, and my first desire and longing for the table, you know, came came from an experience where I had living as a student abroad in France. And, hmm. you know, I think there's something 
too, you know, foreign cultures and European cultures that value table time. You know, I, um, you know, I had never sat around a table for two or three hours <laughs> for dinner except at holidays. And, you know, even then, and it was only because grandma was kind of giving us the, you know, the evil eye to be quiet and sit still for a little longer, you know. Um, but living abroad every night, you know, there was just this fantastic conversation. And the food was wonderful, but that wasn't the focus. The focus was really just sitting around and 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 enjoying the company of one another. And, um, you know, it, it reminded me there's a statistic. Do you know how long the average dinner was in the United States in the early 1970s? Um, I'm going to guess two hours. Almost, yes. 90 minutes. Hmm. And and so now, today, it's 17. Oh, my goodness. 17 minutes. And, you know, so all these, you know, there, hmm. there has to be a correlation, though, Um you know, to, to trends we're seeing, you know, in, in health and trends we're seeing in, in church and, and faith relationships. Um, we belong at the table. It's not a new idea. It's Jesus's idea. It's really true. And you even say, come to the table. And, um, you know, my wife wanted to have you on the program more than anything. And I wanted her to come in and talk to you because uh, she says, no, I'm shy getting back to being an introvert. And uh, maybe you can help me with her <laughs> as far as uh, coming out of her shell. But she she fell in love with the book um, really because of the beauty of it. She says all the time that she loves beautiful things. Uh, your book, The Turquoise Table, is a beautiful thing. The, the pictures, the quality of the pictures, the uh, the fonts and all these type of things. How would you put all that together? Well, I, ha- I mean, my publisher. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I'm with, I have to give all of that credit to Thomas Nelson at Harper Yeah. College publishing but it's beautiful um, but a lot of the pictures you know are i mean they're all real obviously they're there's they're either at my table or, or other people's tables and mm-hmm. um, you know they just represent um you know a simple way of life and and part of that beauty though if you look at it i think sometimes it is harder to recreate simplicity than it is to put a whole bunch of stuff you know out and um Simple is hard for us. Simple is mm. hard. I think we always wonder, is it enough? You know, it, am I doing enough? <laughs> um, and we have to be, we have to, con- I continually remind myself that, yes, I am enough, you know, in God and, and in what Christ has done for me. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we come to the table and yes, we have great conversations. People open up and so forth. But what if we're not prepared for that? Do people fight at the table? Don't isn't the dinner table sometimes a place where people fight? I guess that could be good if it gets things out, though. I think it's okay. You know, I think there's a there's a you know a time and a place and a way to do that. And and you know, kind of back to the technology. You know, wouldn't it be so much better if we were having so many of these, you know, crazy conversations? face to face than like duking it out, you know, on social media, you know, where you, at least at the dinner table or at the turquoise table, when you, when you bring something up, yes, there are amazing, you know, and varying opinions on everything. And that should be celebrated, quite frankly, if we were all alike, you know, and all clones of one another, how boring would that be? Um, but, but when you have a mutual respect and and you can hear other people's points of view and you may never agree completely um but just just the way that that can open up your mind and the way that you can learn um you know i i think that's something that we shy from because we don't want to make people mad or we don't want to cause a scene um but healthy healthy debate and learning and, and expressing one another is um is valuable. So you and Tony have fought it out at the turquoise table sometimes. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We're not going there. We're not going there, folks. And, you know, I did want to say, <laughs> didn't see that coming, but um, I want to say that, you know, there's also recipes in this book, which are pretty cool. You have, uh, let's see here, the bistro chicken. And these are kind of uh, neat recipes, and you say that you rely on your slow cooker. Of course, you see that in church where they have the the crock pots and getting ready for guests. Let me ask you a question. What to you, how do you see um, hospitality in your life, and how has that gift changed you? Where I've... Yeah, I mean, in other words, how do you describe hospitality for you, and, and how has that gift that you've had, how has it impacted your life? Well, it goes back to, to really, you know, when the Lord has, has shown me and taught me um, really what true hospitality is and the difference in it, that, it, that it is with entertainment. So I grew up with the notion that entertainment was and hospitality were kind of synonymous. And if you, if you really look at just even the root words, entertainment, you know, means to entertain. And it, and it puts the focus on the host, you know, which if in my case would be me and what I can do and what I am doing um, to please others, what I have brought to the table. Whereas hospitality, the Greek group, means love of strangers. And so that totally changes, you know, the concept of what we're called to do. Um, we're not called to entertain. We are called to love um, and love strangers. And so sometimes we think, oh, well, strangers, you know, maybe there are people on the other side of town or, or people in other parts of the world that I don't know. But think, if we think about it, and, you know, there can be strangers in our own family who we um, haven't connected with in a while or who need us in a way that maybe we're not providing it. And so I think um, when when we open our hearts and the whole book is based on Romans twelve thirteen, which is the hospitality verse, but says in the voice translation, take every opportunity to open your life and home to others. Mm. That has transformed me. Um, and, and it's the way that the Lord has taught me how to live at the turquoise table, but really just in life. Yeah, because, you know, I think about my life and I, I'll open up. I'll be real about it, that uh, it's not an area that I have explored as much as I should. I'm ashamed of it, actually, because uh, you get comfortable and you just have the space between you and your wife, if you will. And um, but I guess when other people come over. I guess you have to kind of take that uh, that face off, or you can't hide, or you have to. Um, I don't know. You have to give more, don't you? You do, and and you know, it, and I never thought of hospitality as truly being, you know, a mission. You know, we've heard it. We know it's a spiritual gift, and we know that it's it's important um, to practice. But I never really thought of it as truly living on mission and living that way, you know, continuously. Um, and, and again, you know, that doesn't mean that you have to have people in your home or at your table all the time. It really is a way, um, it's a condition of your heart, you know, more than, than of your kitchen. Yeah, and you mentioned that you have a, your turquoise table at the front as opposed to the back, and because that gets more attention, people who are on their routes as far as jogging or they see this table, and it, they begin to have a little bit of curiosity. You say sometimes people just come up to the table. Absolutely. You know, so now it's become really a friendly site. You know, people know in our neighborhood. But, but early on, you know, people would stop by and, you know, we have dog bowls of water outside. And so people who are walking their dogs would stop and just visit for a little while. Um, and it's become just a place to really just extend an invitation. It, sometimes it's just a wave, you know, not every 
everyone sits down and joins us at the table. Um, but it has become a place for neighbors to stop by quickly for a cup of coffee or in the evenings, you know, before dinner. And just and, and just catch up with one another face to face. Well, you know how things go viral, and, and your book has as far in the topic, and people follow you, and uh, you have a blog as well. Yes, I do. TheTurquoiseTable.com. Amen. <laughs> so right? something is going on here. This is like a movement because uh, Thomas Nelson is not just making this beautiful kind of like coffee table. It's a lovely book, perfect size book, great pictures, recipes, everything in it about hospitality, but. What are some of the followers that uh, you know go on your blog? What, what kind of stories do you get, and and how are you surprised about the impact of the book? Well, I'm completely surprised because you know I, I put a table in my front yard just thinking, oh, well, look, this will just <laughs> be a table in the front yard. Yeah. I never ever dreamed that the very first time I had you know three or four neighbors over that they would each go away saying, oh, we want turquoise tables in our front yards, um, and that my sister-in-law you know, in San Antonio, Texas would say, I want a turquoise table in my yard or a friend in South Carolina and then a friend in Nebraska. And it really, it did it. It, 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 it went viral. And, um, and there are now turquoise tables in almost all 50 states. Wow. We do not, we do not know of a, of a turquoise table yet in Alaska or in Wyoming. So those are the only ones that are the elusive yes, turquoise. Yes. <laughs> and eight countries. And so really? that, is the I mean that is really I mean it's amazing that, it is amazing and, <laughs> I just, and so I've become the holder of stories and so like you said on the website there are stories where people write in and they share how they're using their turquoise tables and people are so creative you know if you don't have a front yard um, that we have plenty of stories of of ways that people are using them at Farmers markets and schools and, and church patios and and places where people naturally tend to gather and so it's become the symbol. Um, front yard people hmm. are people who are saying, you know, we want to create community in a very simple and authentic and real way, um, and and it's it's working. Yeah, I was just going to say that must be the reason why it's spreading. It's working, and people are surprised that people come out and and I, I bet they enjoy these conversations with people. The fact is that, you know, people can either be a nuisance or you can open up and then all of a sudden, uh, if you will, let the light in, people come and, and uh, th- I guess that's that's part of the, um, again, the impact and the response that people have had. So as far as your book goes, you say the first step toward authenticity could be as simple as acknowledging our deep need for one another. And then you say that uh, being in community means depending on other people. Our weaknesses reveal our dependency on God and others, which is countercultural in our society, the uh, country that celebrates independence in the land of the free. And uh, so you even have an eye basket that you have on the table. So the people say you can't use your phone and you got to put it in the basket. And um, was that strange for people at first? You know, you got to need your iPhone there. You can't leave home without it. Right. You know, I think at first people, you know, I mean, usually what happens is people, well, now they know at my table, you know, but at first people would kind of look at it quizzically like, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to let go of this for a few minutes. But then there's like this sigh, like this, this relief, like, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, however long, 30 minutes at the table. Guess what? We can do it. (laughs) It can happen. You know, you can go, you know, 30 minutes or an hour without checking your iPhone. And so now it's, it's, um, it just adds to the blessing of being at the table. Yeah, and if Pier One Imports, you know, just, just sort of 
Pier One Imports, if you're no, I was going to say if they're listening now, anybody from Pier One Imports, you got to get with with Kristen uh, Shell. Kristen's because of the turquoise table. They may want to. I mean, what if they produced something like that at the? Uh, has anyone ever approached you and said we want you to? I don't know. Well, yes, interesting that you should say that. We just launched yesterday the turquoise table collection with Tuesday morning. Really, congratulations! Morning, wow. Yes, and so they have an eye basket at Tuesday morning, as well as um, hmm. you know several other really simple, thoughtfully, um, you know, kind of curated things like a slow cooker. There's a turquoise um, wow. slow cooker just to make life easy um, and bring joy to the table. So, you didn't even have to do Shark Tank for this, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in a Shark Tank. You're not doing that. <laughs> I'm Shark Week because that's what my kids were watching last week. Shark Tank. I watched that too. <laughs> oh my goodness so okay so you're back in the bible times and do you think it would be easier i mean would you fit in during the days of jesus and the apostles and baking bread and that type of thing oh wouldn't that be awesome I mean, I always say that that's where I would want to go, you know, back in time. And, you know, also, I, I, I would think so, but I think that we are, you know, even though Jesus isn't walking right now on the earth, this is still Jesus' times, you know, and we're waiting. We're waiting in anticipation. And so I'd like to think we all fit in um, somehow offering hospitality. Um, and, and you know, when you think about Jesus um, was neither, he was always host, but he was also always guest. Hmm. And so that's such an incredible model for us, you know, that here is, you know, the king of kings who had no home. And so he was reliant on the hospitality of others. And yet he, you know, was the ultimate host. And so studying, um, you know, just the simplicity and the way um, that that the Lord offered hospitality is is just is remarkable. So. I mean, Kristen, like give out that website again. People want to get this book. <laughs> Thank you. It's theturquoisetable.com. Amen. You say in the back that desperate for a way to slow down and connect, Kristen Shell put on an ordinary picnic table in her front yard, painted a turquoise, in case you just tuned in, and began inviting friends and neighbors to join her life, uh, you know, as far as changing and community and and it could change yours too and that's what people are seeing that alongside personal and heartwarming stories that you give stress-free ideas for kickstarting your own turquoise table simple recipes we talked about stories from people using the turquoise table their neighborhoods and the most important i think is encouragement to overcome barriers that keep you from connecting in ways to view hospitality and so okay so if you just had a couple of I guess a minute or so, and to tell people who struggle with this, what would you say to them? You know, just keep it simple. And and that is, I think that truly is one of our hardest hurdles. You know, I think that most, you know, people would identify with the desire of wanting, you know, to, to be in community and connection, but not knowing how. And so then... I know from my experience, I make things harder by like thinking, oh my goodness, who am I going to invite? I got to pick a date. What would I serve? You know, how am I going to, you know, bring all of this together? And so we sort of spiral into this whole, you know, muchness, you know, and overthinking things when really a simple, you know, invitation, you know, a text, hey, stop by, come as you are. We're just going to be in the front yard, 15 minutes, bring your own coffee, come hang out. Yeah, and when, if people want to get the eye basket and the turquoise table, is not just the book, but where do they go to Tuesday? What? 
Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. That was the place. That's Tuesday right. Tuesday morning stores. Yeah. And anything else that you'll add to this? I mean, as far as uh, you got a, uh, a CD set, a video set, or what, what kind of other ways are you reaching people? Mostly right now, just through, um, you know, through the website and then through people sharing their stories. Like I said, I've become the holder of stories. And so when people get their turquoise tables, they register um, their table online. And that's just so that we can keep in touch and share um, become a, a, a true community of sharing ideas because what works in Minnesota may not work in you know Austin, Texas, and you know we we have tables all across the country now, and so we have a virtual community as well um, as then people really living out um, as front yard people in their own front yards. Yeah, you can even have like insect repellent too. So. Absolutely. Well, Trinella Candle. How yeah. about that? That's, well, the book is called The uh, Turquoise Table, Finding Community and Connection in Your Own Front Yard. Kristen Shell. Am I saying that last name right? Yes, just like a seashell. Like a seashell. Kristen Shell is the author. Go ahead and get the book. It's by Thomas Nelson. Thanks for being on the program. Oh, thank you so much. It was a joy.